folks, we're back here with another action-packed episode. Don't leave it to the judges podcast. Me with Patty Broken Skull. Patty, Patty. Hey, that's right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Don't Leave It to the Judges show. The the number one. I'm just gonna say number one from now on. MMA podcast, because guys, we get we get real over here. This isn't a show where we throw in fucking random Bellator stats. Okay, everybody gets attacked by me. And you know what? Let me give a shout out here to Sam's brother. I mean, here I love that you listen to the show, dude. That's fantastic. But I have a feeling you probably hate me, and that's fine. I get that. Most people do. We're just having laughs over here. But no, I'm just kidding. But so funny. Honesty, you know what's so funny about that is my brother uh, talked to me a couple weekends ago about the show, and he was like, "Dude, you mentioned me on the show. It was so funny." I was like, <laughs> "And now, so now he's gonna think I fucking brought that up. That was so what? What crazy timing was that, dude?" <laughs> Crazy fucking time, and you just brought him up right out of the blue. Well, because I feel like at the close of uh, last wow. week's episode, you had mentioned that your brother still listens, and it just wow. reminded me. I'm like, man, I've said a lot of crazy shit on this thing. There's no way he doesn't think of me some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, MMA has been interesting for me over the last week, not just because of the fights, but because I recently watched some YouTube you know, shit about MMA and all that stuff. And there was a recent interview Affiliated with Barstool Sports, I guess, about 15 minutes long with Conor McGregor and some long hair guy, you know? And while that's all in good, it just made me think as far as, uh, you know, talking to Sam, we can get these guys. The only thing is, Sam, is if we bring Conor McGregor in, he's going to make us drink proper 12 and probably <laughs> some sort of a fucking beer, okay? Because that's what he did. He came onto this interview interview for 14 minutes. He talked a little bit about Michael Chandler, a little bit about the Ultimate Fighter, and then he promoted Proper 12, made the fucking 12-year-old kid drink the shit, and the beer. The, in in less than 14 minutes, this guy drank, uh, he took a shot of whiskey <laughs> and drank half of a, whatever the Irish beer is called. I forget what they call it. It's not beer. It's something else. But it was very dark and... There's no way that kid wasn't shit faced after, <laughs> you know, like that kid was 108 pounds. <laughs> he pulled a reversal. Was like 250. It was insane, dude. He but brought, I am. He brought Gregor on to advertise his show when Gregor just advertised his fucking liquor, his <laughs> whiskey. Let's do it, bro. We don't. You don't have to say anything but Proper 12 the whole time you come on this show. <laughs> uh, that would be cool if we could get a sponsor from Proper 12. We do an MMA podcast, you asshole. Give us some money for it. We'll we'll push your stuff. But Connor looks different, and I don't know if it's because of the film. That he's doing with Jake Gyllenhaal, the fucking roadhouse or whatever, or the fact that he shaved his beard, or he is 215 pounds. This dude doesn't look like Conor McGregor anymore. Well, that's what I've been seeing online is people have been saying he's he's been drinking too much. There's no way he can be training for a fight. He's he's drunk nonstop. Dude, all he's doing is worrying about making apple-flavored vodka or apple-flavored whiskey. You know what I mean? Get your head in the game. But the thing I am excited about, and he reminded me of it, and I think we both kind of forgot about it, is the ultimate fighter. Because Chandler and McGregor are the coaches. That's awesome. And, dude, that's going to give us so much more to talk about with MMA on this fucking show because we're running low. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because these fights have just happened. Golly, man. It took me forever to watch this card because I just kept – we'll get into it. We'll get into it. It was a boring, it was pretty boring for the most part. Well, the other thing I want to say before we get into this is, uh, what is it, the American, what the fuck was Chael Sonnen's nickname? The American something. Psycho. There you go. Okay. Chael Sonnen was recently on uh, Flagrant, 
with Andrew Schultz, okay? He is the man. You know that, right? Chael Sonnen's the fucking man. This guy is awesome. I don't know why we didn't, dude, because he was so new at it when it first started, you, you couldn't help but to hate him because he also wasn't successful on the other end. Like, he would talk all this shit and then yeah, lose. Yeah. You know, so it was hard well, to trust Anderson Silva was so big back then, and he came bro, in talking shit about him non Talking shit out the gate. Soon it, bro, and he fought in eight different weight classes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Took on anybody. Took on took every fight. And I don't know if you remember, but one of his famous lines for shit-talking fighters was when he talked about the Noguera brothers and how they were outside of a hotel and a bus pulled up and Minotaro tried to feed the bus a carrot while uh, his brother was petting it. <laughs> Jeez. He thought the bus was a horse. <laughs> that was the whole dude. Home run. Even if he loses, you're like, I fucking love that guy's awesome. What an awesome character to have. And we're getting some of them, but they're they're missing that piece that Chael had. Because towards the end, I did become a Chael fan where you're like, man, he could. He could beat Silva. He's so well-rounded and he's so good at the thing that he does that it's going to be hard to stop. But the shit talking to a guy like McGregor versus Jose Aldo, you're like, come on, man. I mean, he, he barely speaks English. He's not going to respond with any any cute quips. You know what I mean? It's kind of over my, with, but it, go ahead. My favorite thing about Sonnen, or one of my favorite things, when he's on the, uh, the Apprentice or whatever, the Celebrity Edition, and they got oh, some wow. tasks they're doing, and uh, they're, they're running out of time. They're not going to fucking complete it. So all of a sudden there's a spark underneath the computer because he went down and cut the fucking power cord to the computer with a pair of scissors. And he's like, oh, whoa, equipment failure. Extra, You get extra 15 minutes for equipment failure. I fucking oh, love that, man. Of course, they found out and you know fired him right off the show or whatever. Now, see, but we were talking in, la- in the last that's, episode that's, about... That's the teammates there, man, helping your team. No shit. Literally yeah. taking I mean, work guy, for the team. He's an entertainer for sure. And I think he, he's not a bad guy either. You know, he's a, actually a good guy. It's just the persona that he portrays, and I dig that. But this brings me to the Ultimate Fighter and how we talked about it a few weeks ago about not just having current fighters in the UFC be coaches, bring back some of the old school heads. You know, Chael Sonnen on fucking TV, dude, as a coach. Get him. What are you talking? What? Make Brendan Schaub the other coach. What are we doing? They don't got to fight in the end. The drama yeah. in the locker room is all you need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe that would bring some of these old heads back into the game. Yeah. You know, they're I just, mean, just, so just chill. Uh, let's say uh, McGregor brought him on to help out. I mean, how long would it be for them to be in an argument with their two big-ass egos? Absolutely. That's the fun thing I think we're going to see this season from uh, Chandler and McGregor because they're both top-of-the-line athletes. But McGregor, when he did talk about fighting Chandler, he said – this is nothing he hasn't seen before. He's your stereotypical MMA fighter, big hands, throws heavy punches, tries to wrestle. And that's just how healed is McGregor's leg is going to be the biggest question. Because remember, I told you in that second Poirier fight, I, I said he should throw more kicks. And then he did, and he broke his leg. <laughs> so you're kind of like, I don't know, headbutts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, who knows how much he's training, how rusty he's going to be, and I'm sure Chandler's in top-notch shape. He usually is. Uh, love him or hate him, uh, he comes in there. He does come in there swinging. So yeah, he he's all go, which I dig. I don't know if you saw this clip of this like EFP fighting thing. It was like uh, it was just on YouTube, and somebody said that this is a way to start a fight. And these two guys literally run at each other like Diego Sanchez used to, <laughs> and the dude like hits the guy in the face with some crazy leg, 
part of his leg, not a proper strike by any means, but he knocks him down and then he gets him, gets on his back and puts him in fucking, puts the guard in, you know, puts his, whatever those fucking things are called, gets his legs around him very quick, wraps his neck up and it's basically over. You're like, fucking that's, yes, this is what me and Sam talk about all the time. It's a fight, dude. The fuck you going in there to fucking dance around the ring and look at each other. <laughs> yeah, we, we got too much wrestling happening now. Grappling, wrestling. I mean, golly, dude. You know, I, I, I used to like the, the clash of styles. Wrestler yeah. versus boxer. But now... The, the boxers the, are wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now the wrestler's got just laying down on someone the yep. whole fight instead of actually okay, beating them up. There's one more thing that I wanted to bring specifically to you and, t- and get your thoughts on this because I was sort of fuming okay <laughs> on the andrew schultz podcast with chael sonnen andrew schultz decides to say something about mma fighters not willing to take fights in boxing because they're not used to those type of strikes <laughs> oh, <come on. sighs> which ones man the one two three yeah <laughs> what the fuck it's boxing there's eight yeah. punches yeah <laughs> you know it's what a, i mean those hey it's hey been half the time hugging each other Exactly. And you know what, Sam? Why that bothered me is that told me a lot about Andrew Schultz's character, that he's going to defend boxing because why? Oh, my dad. My dad taught me how to box. I did the right. They all have a past in boxing, so they got to defend it against MMA as if they're dumb. What do you mean? Dude, there's 11 punches in fucking boxing. You got knees, elbows, kicks. There's a thousand other. Why would an MMA guy be more worried about going into a boxing match a la Anderson Silva, who's past the prime of fighting in MMA, taking on pro boxers and winning? Why would he wouldn't he be more afraid, Andrew? You're stupid. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Leave a comment about how ignorant you are on your fucking YouTube channel so I can get hate from all the people that actually love you and will just believe anything you say? It's not worth my time. I'll call you out on this podcast. These fucking dude, there's too many of these podcasting comedians that think they know about fighting, especially the dudes that fucking barstool sports wearing Patty Pimblet wigs and being like, oh, the fucking Molly bitch, too, because we fo- we're going to follow any trend like TikTokers. You guys are grown fucking men with wives. Act like it. Oh, there you go. Some hot fucking take there. Yeah, those barstool sports people, they uh, they got all they get all caught up in the hype, like you're saying, like the Molly McCann and shit, all mm-hmm. all hyped up over in England. But dude, let's get in this card that just happened. Uh, yeah, a lot of decisions and uh, the thing to have the most in this card, fence grabbing. How can we put it into this fucking fence grabbing? You know what? Let's do like they do on the the YouTube street brawls, and we'll just put a bunch of hay around. <laughs> Make an octagon out of hay. <laughs> that way, more people will just fall out of the octagon instead. I don't know. It's it, you're. I get why you say that because we've been watching so long, where you get to a point where it's like, hey man, you know, you know not to do that, and yet you're still like, oh shit, let me grab it real quick. Yeah. Like, what are you new here? And also, wouldn't it just? Oh wait, wasn't one one of these fights a dude got slammed into the cage? Like he turned his face, dude turned the opponent's face into the cage. Like it, it was actually a, like he was gonna give him a clothesline from hell. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I think that happened to the pleasure man, if I remember correct. That's right. He got That's slammed right. a bunch of times. Yeah, hell yeah. It slammed all, all right. over the fucking plate. So Tyson Nam, I missed a lot of these early fights because you know they're early fights and not much happens, and I was busy. But. uh Tyson Nam lost Bruno Silva via submission. How'd that go? What do you what'd you get? What'd you have for me there? Uh, Tyson Nam. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, this is um. Like well, Silva, he, he he had a uh, a, a knockdown, 
Round one, they kind of danced around a little bit. They didn't strike a whole lot. Round two, Silva had a knockdown, grabbed his fucking neck. It was over with, man. Fucking uh, easy peasy. Right at the start of round two. Yeah, it looks like it says 90 seconds into round two. Tapped him out. Yeah. This so what's Bruno Silva's issue? Because I feel like we've seen him on a lot of cards. He's been good. Is he just inconsistent? Yeah, Bruno Silva. Oh, for him. I feel like he's been on some of the higher yeah, cards. Like yeah, higher he, I mean, he, hasn't, he hadn't fought in almost two years coming into Might, that. So Maybe there's another Bruno. Is there another Bruno? <laughs> there's a shitload of Silvas. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, the guy hardly fights. I know. The first fight. Uh, oh, can I tell you this? Go ahead. Connor, Connor also said that he was upset in this interview that he, he doesn't get to fight that often. Right. Sam's I'm sure, making the I'm same sure Dana White would let him fight as much as he wants. That's money. That's money in I'm the saying. pocket. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense, dude. But I have a feeling this dude's going to be in the next iteration of the Fast and the Furious movies. Continue. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I was going to go through this fight by fight, but fuck all that. It's the Carlton okay. Harrison Harris fight. That was boring as shit. Uh, I'm going to oh. skip straight to the Josh Fremd. Dude, okay. what the fuck happened to Josh Fremd? <laughs> this uh, Cedric Dumas guy was supposed to just light him up. I mean, when I when I saw Cedric Dumas on on alt, on the um, Contender series, he looked fucking fantastic. And dude, Fremd, it was like he took everything personally. You know how he was gonna lose? He took all that bottled it up and went everything out there and just you dominated. Said in the <laughs> he heard the episode where you were like, "I hope his head gets squeezed." <laughs> <laughs> the man fucking dominated, dude. He dominated. It was. Uh, he went out there, he hit him, like, right away and staggered him and kind of beat up on him for two rounds, and, and then he ended up getting the uh, the, the guillotine. On. I like it. But uh, I'll be honest, the first fight I started watching was Davy Grant, Davey Raphael. Grant. And I came in even a little late on this fight, but I did see all the ups and downs where it looked to be going one way, then there was an illegal strike, and then it went the other went to the guy who, was, who did the illegal strike. And uh, Davy Grant pulled out the win, dude, in a, in a very interesting fashion. He put Rafael asleep. Yeah, like, that, asleep, was, asleep. that was pretty. That was pretty well. his arms like four times. He's like, wait, the first yeah, time. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was a good one to, to, to start off with. So, yeah, yeah uh, since I like uh, had these takedowns uh, on rounds one and two, he, and round three, Grant, I think his corner was telling him, like, look, you're, you're down two rounds. So Grant started teeing off on him, trying to finish him. Uh, since I was another takedown, and that's when Grant hung onto the cage, got the point taken away. And then DC was going fucking ballistic, dude, because since uh, the referee took the point away, he decided, hey, I'm taking a point away, so I'll stand him back up. I won't give position you know, to uh, to a Sensal on top. Which, which actually Peterson was trying to clarify that since Grant had grabbed the cage, he was the one that was basically on top. But anyway, yeah, yeah, stood him back up and Grant fucking hits him with the spinning back fist, and drops him, and then submitted him after that. It was beautiful. And the submission was a, a inverted triangle, something you rarely oh, see. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why, it was, that's, that's why it was so hard for the referee to be like, is he sleeping? Yeah. I swear I heard him say he was okay. He's like touching his arm, moving his arm around oh, and shit. But his, neither one of his arms were in a position to go anywhere. Yeah. He had, he had to like, yeah, I wasn't so sure myself. It's not like yeah. he can give the thumbs up from where he's at. Absolutely. I swear. <laughs> I, that's why I, I, was, I made the joke about him saying he said he was okay because I swear I heard him say something. 
And that's why the referee grabbed his hand right after that. And you're like, <laughs> oh, it seemed like there was strength in the arm. We'll wait a second. And then you're like, let's try again. Okay, there's nothing. Stunned. He's dead. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a great fight for me to come into the card because you're like, oh, that's pretty fucking hype. This is shit. It was chaotic. You know, you couldn't really pick the guy who was going to win. And then all the shit that the commentators were saying, because not only did DC say the thing about, ah, oh, put him back in the same position, so did the other guy. I don't know if it was Paul Felder or whoever, but somebody else was like yelling to him to put him back in the same position. Like, bitch, you're a commentator. Sit the fuck down. Yeah, DC was not, going not crazy about it. And did you also, okay. It's like, dude, it took a fucking point. Chill out, DC. Exactly. I'd rather but, have the other guy a point taken away than get back in top position. Absolutely. But speaking of the commentators, do you remember there was a point in the commentating where they went to DC for a response, but he couldn't talk? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Okay, well, they say something about DC being incapacitated or whatever, or <laughs> they, it was a mention of him being a heavyweight. He was accepting being a heavyweight. You know why, Sam? I bet this bitch had Chick-fil-A right next to him. He Just like probably I, did. I bet you he was stuffing his face with a fucking potato stick. You know what I mean? Because because before the main card, if I'm not mistaken, there was a shot of the commentators and somebody walks up with a box of like <laughs> chips. Like like bags, singular bags of chips. That's exactly what happened. And the commentators were dead silent looking in the in the fucking box for whatever they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got the fucking silent button they just fucking push I'm right in front you. of them <laughs> so funny i was like what oh. the fuck is this dude yeah it's so weird because you know when when um these fights last hours i understand you're hungry or whatever but you know you do have a a, a fucking uh, in between the fights sometimes it's like 10 minutes go by did you get the, the pre-played uh you know vignette in the back talking this guy up talking that guy up so it's next to Levy's position, the fucking dude's upstairs. Yeah, fucking eat then. Yeah. Oh so God. weird. Bad timing. Just so improper commentating. Because never once has Joe Rogan not been able to say something because he was snacking. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you guys don't you guys can't hold on for three hours. For three hours. You gotta get some gummy bears in you. What the yeah. fuck? Oh man, this um so yeah, we we are uh, talked about um the pleasure man getting slammed all over the fucking place in the cage. Dude, I, I don't know. They got high hopes for him, it seems like, for Anton, but the pleasure man, but he, he's just not he's not uh performing. They got, can I, mean, can I gonna, talk about the Carl Williams real quick? Talk about who? I the 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 featured prelim. It was Carl Williams versus Oh, oh go ahead, go ahead. I only want to bring it up oh, because man. Yeah. that that to me is the pivotal reasoning, I guess, for people to not want to watch heavyweight fights. Because they're going to hype them up and say, oh, these dudes are monsters. They're going to swing at one fucking punch. Any of these big guys, they'll do that too. And then you have this, oh, two and a half rounds in, everybody's tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I I'll tell you, I was surprised Williams dominated as, as much as he did. Well, he's an athlete. The kid's obviously an athlete. The other dude was my biggest thing. He seemed to get tired so fast, but then they were like, Carl's tired. <laughs> like, they kept saying... The other guy was tired, even though it was clear that he was doing the most work. Whatever, man. That's the heavyweights for you. <laughs> yeah. that's and these guys aren't even typically heavyweights. So that's that makes it even better. So the light yeah. heavyweights will be slow and boring <laughs> by the third round. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you're right. Uh, this um, Vitor Petrino. But, but Batista, he got a uh, quick submission after three damn takedowns. He finally submitted uh, uh, Kennedy, and then he called out uh, Garbrandt. After that fight. Well, 
Oh my god, my mic is so touchy right now. I was just saying about the the Vitor dude. He's a young dude. That's the thing that they kept talking about is how young this guy was. You know, taking on Anton, who who didn't do bad. This was a this was a good fight for somebody who's so new, relatively young in the sport. Against Anton, you can't be mad at the performance. It's not that the pleasure man is, you know, critically acclaimed, but it was very interesting, and he and he did come in and and basically dominate him for the most part. There was some there were some highlight moments for Anton, but. Mario Batista and uh, Guido Canetti, we kind of felt like that was, I mean, Guido's a surprise guy. He'll come in and overperform sometimes, but I think he's very one-dimensional. And once he gets caught in a position of uh, having to be defensive, he's not hes not there. <laughs> That's why this was kind of easy. Batista really didn't do shit. That was easy work. That was light work for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, it was light work for him. He looked fully prepared. And I think that's the right move. Call out Cody. Get that shit. Get you guys on the main card. Batista's got probably as much of a name as Garbrandt at this point, in the division at least. You know, 12-2, and two, that's a hell of a record. Garbrandt's on the come up with the win. He could fight a guy who's not really got a name. You know what I'm saying? He already did that last fight. So let's keep it going. Let's build Cody back up. Because, we, dude, we've never seen anybody with that level of striking in this at the Bantamweight division. Cody Garbrandt is the slickest of, of most of them. And when you're when you're that slick, you're gonna get caught. You know, it is what it is. Uh, All right, Jonathan Martinez, Saeed, man, what the fuck? Yeah, they were like took turns clenching each other, and, and and I mean Martinez, he was he was landing strikes from the from the clinch every time he would clinch. But yeah, it it was it was a pretty boring fight for the most part. Yeah, the thing that I I did enjoy about it though was the the striking that Saeed was willing to engage in. Because he doesn't come across as somebody who's willing to bang, and there was moments there where you're like, okay, this kid can fucking throw kicks. He's got a he had fast kicks, man. Those those kicks were coming in from nowhere, without any yeah. setup, straight to the face. Beautiful work, but you know, Jonathan he pulled it out, dude. But I do, I, if I'm being honest, I feel like he took more damage. I feel like he got hit more often. I'm not one of the judges, but speaking of judges, Chris Lieben seems to be a judge always in Bellator fights. I oh, like that's, that. That's why, yeah, huh? I'm the former fighter in there. Absolutely, and Chris Lieben, mm. a guy who's clearly like going to pay attention to strikes. He's been all, one of my favorites forever. I bet you we get him on the podcast next week. Right. <laughs> uh, Talk to the crippler, bro. <laughs> uh, he's a little out there sometimes. Oh, dude, you know who's out there? Chris Lytle. <laughs> he's from Indiana, and this guy, he's uh, he's like the Joe Rogan of uh, BKFC now. You remember his fights in the UFC, though? Chris Lytle was a nasty motherfucker, bro. Mm -hmm. Nasty hands. Nasty finishes. But now he sounds like, there's a good takedown over there. (laughs) Like, it's so mumbled. Oh, man. Hit a lot. Uh, Krylov submitted Span. That was very quick. Catchweight, though. Yeah, it was a catchweight. 215. I don't know how to say which guy deserves to move anywhere, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or which guy deserves the next best thing. I probably one of the fighters that impressed me the most on this card was Alexander Volkov. He just fucking destroyed Romanov. I'm, I'm thinking Romanov just wasn't that good to begin with because yeah, they started him off with easy competition. That's they, true. They that's kind true. of built him up with Jared Vanderrod and then Chase Sherman. And as soon as they, they give him, you know, Tabora. He loses, and then Volkov, he got fucking destroyed. Now we got to put all our eggs in the basket that's Sergei Pavlovich. You know, that's our only other option. Yeah, man, so, uh, you know, of course I make the joke about Sergei Pavlovich because I feel like they're the same guy. But 
perhaps the one thing that was working against you know Romanov versus uh, Volkov is not just the fact that the dude was so much taller, but Romanov had hair. You know what I mean? Like perhaps keeping the shaved head. You know, it's like a it's like a baseball player that wears the same socks every game, and he does well. And then the one, you know what I mean? He fucking finally gets fresh socks, and that game he fucking does shit. It's the same theory, man. It could work. All right, going on, moving on. Enough of the jokes. Couldn't do any worse. (laughs) All right, so the last fight on this card. Uh, you know, by the time this fucking thing comes on, it's like, I don't know what time it is. It, it, it was pretty late when I started watching this damn thing. I, I'll admit it. I went to, I went somewhere, I watched a uh, uh, fucking softball, college softball doubleheader. And then when I went to leave, I was caught in traffic of some Reba McIntyre concert. So by okay. the time I come home and watch this shit, it was like midnight. And I watched this uh, uh, Marab versus Yawn. And I watched like a round, I fell asleep. Then I, I restarted it. Then I watched like two rounds and I fell asleep. After like four attempts, I was like, this ain't looking any better for, for Yan. Yeah. <laughs> I was, fuck it. I didn't watch any more after that. Can I tell you the only thing that I was more, uh, really the only fascinating thing about this fight was why in the fuck Jan gets to headline a card after you losing to Sean O'Malley? You just lost. And what? Right back to the top against Marab. Why? Are you the guy that they have to beat to fight for the title? You know what I mean. Yeah. This is a weird position for him to be in, and then also lose again. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's like gatekeeper status at the moment. Well, you know what pisses me off too is this is the same division that teammates Marab Davilashvili and Aljamain Sterling are in. Mm-hmm. So are they going to fight for the belt at some point? Because that's Ray Longo's camp, and the last place they need champions is over there. Yeah, I don't know, but Dana White was making a if mention that, of that. If that is the same camp that Matt Sarah has been with since the beginning, then this camp has two two fluke belts hanging in their gym, right? Matt Sarah beating George St. Pierre and Al Jermaine's fucking, I, I got need on the ground, yeah. right? That's two fluke belts that hang proudly in their gym, fucking assholes. They don't, they don't, Marab is fine, but we don't need another fucking wrestler as a champ yeah and, and dana was almost threatening the guy he was like yeah if he doesn't fight out if he decides not to fight al Jamin, then that's uh not gonna be good for him it's like what are you talking about dana what the fuck's happening he can fucking he's gonna he's gonna be next francis be gone well it's also like dana has no reason to give a shit that's your teammates yeah that's your fault for being in the same weight class daniel cormier figured it out never had to fight kane and he's the best Dude, they promoted that fucking RCDC podcast six times during those fucking fights. Dude. You know how desperate because of Joe Rogan. Do they ever mention the Joe Rogan experience? Not that I know of. Never. The thing that caught got me was it's so funny. He's like, now we're on TV. Midnight. <laughs> Come on, like fucking midnight. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. when everyone's watching. I think it's Eastern time too. It's insane, dude. <laughs> Even though it is a Saturday, it's like. Uh. You can't win for losing yeah. sometimes with these fucking fights. But we got more coming, which is exciting. All right, so we go to the O2 Arena, UFC 286, another pay-per-view. It's They just had a fucking pay-per-view, man. My God, they're, they're taking people's $80, $90 left and right. Fuck. Everybody but mine. Go ahead. <laughs> so the O2 Arena in London, England, which uh, it seems like they're there every goddamn week. But, uh... Started off a uh, women's flyweight fight. Juliana Miller 
She's the Ultimate Fighter winner, 26-5-7, Juju, they called her, versus Veronica uh, Masaudi. Now, this Masaudi lady, she's lost her last fight. That was her last, her last fight was in 2020. She's uh, one winner, last six fights. Uh, she's got, all right, so she's got two wins, er, her last two wins, right? One was in 2019, the other one, 2016. So they just, and plus she's got a, a four-inch uh, height disadvantage. I think uh, Miller, she fights like she has been. Just going to run over this lady. Yeah, I don't know much about the Veronica chick to really add anything. No, nobody does. Well, there we go. It's a way to start, I guess. <laughs> All right. And this uh, next fight, lightweight bout, uh, Jay Herbert, Ludovic Klein. Now, this 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 should be a decent fight. Uh, uh, Herbert, he's the uh, the black country banger, 2-3 and three in the UFC, 9 knockout wins. Uh, he has been knocked out three times himself. Uh, Ludovic Klein, he's only 28. He, he is five foot eight, where Herbert's uh, six foot one. But Klein, he's won 10 of his last 12, eight knockouts, eight submissions. He has been submitted twice. Uh, we know Jay Herbert's always tough, but I think Klein is, is the, I think he's the real deal, man. He's just fucking uh, moving on up. Yeah, I feel like uh, Jay Herbert has gotten knocked out in some very fascinating ways <laughs> that it does make sense for them to throw this guy at him, too. See what you can do. This is a strangely shaped lightweight. Good luck. You see, I mean, it's not nothing against uh, Jay Herbert. The guy's tough as nails, but he has found himself in bad positions and not done well. And this is a tough cat that he's going up against. And so the next fight is uh, this women's flyweight. And when I, I printed out my sheet on uh, Monday night, this fight was fight number thirteen. It was just uh, just you know, out of fifteen fights. So I don't know if someone was like, what the fuck are we doing with Joanne Wood up there at the top? <laughs> this isn't no fight night. So put her ass back down at the bottom. So anyway, uh, you got 37-year-old Joanne Wood. I mean, it's time for this lady to retire. She's lost her last three. She's you know lost five of her last seven. And uh, Luana Carolina, this uh, this lady, she's eight and three. She's not much better. Okay, she The last time she was in England... You know, the last time they went there, she ate that that spinning back fist from McCann. And the last time she's had a finish, you know, that she won with the finish, 2016. The last time Wood won is won with the finish, 2018. So we guaranteed we're going to a, a decision right here, of course. I'd say so. They might have moved it down because Joanne told them that she was going to retire. <laughs> There's... Out of the next three fights, there's two fighters that uh, don't even have pictures. <laughs> and my shit is all out of order. The whole shit got rearranged from when I printed this thing. What do you got next? But, uh, uh, I'm 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 numbered them. I'm moving them back around. Uh, cool. Jake Hadley uh, versus Malcolm Gordon. So Hadley's only 26. Uh, this you know this guy's he's nine and one. He's only lost one time. There was that uh, Allen. Uh, the Cemento, I'm, I'm probably saying wrong. Uh, Malcolm Gordon, uh, nearly all his fights are finishes. Uh, that's the good news for him. Uh, it, it win or lose, win or lose. Five knockout wins, six submission wins. Uh, four knockout, two submission losses. But uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Jake 
will probably uh, have an easy time with Gordon. Just he he always is pressuring on every fight he's in, and uh, I think Gordon he comes in swinging wild, and Jake will counter with that you know, counter that uh that that fucking um wild style Gordon. Yeah, I think it's it's he's trying to get that fucking flash knockout, and I think Jake Hadley has a better boxing pedigree, knows how to avoid those tire yourself out type thing. Go ahead, guy. All right, so now Jake Hadley's the Englishman too. Do those guys get hyped up with that crowd and shit? Absolutely. But uh, all right, same here with Chris Christian Leroy Duncan, and there's a reason they had to put the Leroy in there because there's another fucking fight fighter with the same on this card. But wow. uh, this is his UFC debut. He's the Cage Warrior champ. Uh, he had to he turned in the Cage Warrior belt. He's uh five knockout wins, one submission lo- uh, win. He's seven and zero. He's never lost. But the guy has had one wild ass amateur career where he's seventeen to six as amateur. All his losses were via decision, and he's facing Dusko uh, Todorovic. Dusko eight knockout wins, three sum- three submission wins. He has been knocked out two times, and he's lost three of his last five, and those three knockouts. So, <laughs> um, and he's got a seventy-nine inch reach too. This Christian <clears throat> being six-two—that's a long-ass reach, man. Seventy-nine. Yeah, it. You know, uh, who knows, man? This, this. There was a time, uh, probably a year ago, I would have chose Dusko for for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess now we don't have to pick, but you yeah, know no this kidding. is kind of a toss up. Well, next up. All right, flyweight belt. <laughs> these people you don't have pictures of. <clears throat> All right, fly. Yeah, well, I don't have a picture of the Duncan kid either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's actually. what I'm saying. Weird. How'd you get on? How'd you get on a pay per view, guy? Oh, because you are a, a CFL champion. Yeah. What was it? Cage Warriors. Yeah, the Cage Warriors. All, All right. right. Uh. uh Larone Murphy versus Gabriel Santos. So Murphy, he's the uh, the guy from England on this fight. Seven knockout wins. He's 11-0-1. That one loss was a disqualification, illegal knee. Uh, That's what we need, more, more fucking uh, rule breaking in here. But uh, Santos is only 26. Three knockouts, four submission wins. Uh, he last fought LFA. Um, and it's like, man, he he's... Uh, Got two knockout wins in his last two fights. But his opponents, I was looking at his opponents. Usually when someone's in LFA, you'll see like they'll fight somebody that's good record. Somebody that's an even record. You never fucking know. His last three opponents, 12-3, and 13-2, and 13-7. and seven. So, I mean, this kid is, uh, he's he's fighting good competition over in LFA. Should be a good fight. Well, they put him before the champion, or after the champion. Of the Cage Warriors, so he must be. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, true. It's true. You're they're right. trying to promote these guys from you know, England and shit. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Our next guy. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, Patty Pimlet's doing a lot of podcasting. This fucking guy. What I mean, come on. You know, yeah. over there, over in England, when they when they have these, the fans get behind the fighters from there so much. It's I don't know. It's uh, always find it kind of fascinating because it's not like. You know, someone a fight over here at the Apex or wherever in Florida, or whatever, and someone's from fucking Texas versus right. someone from from England. They're not going crazy for the Texas guy. Never. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, all right, let me hear. Uh, Mohammed, uh, McCave, Makav, Makayev, Makayev, 
Jafel Filio. Okay, so this doesn't matter at all. That guy's going to be irrelevant. Mokaya <laughs> for the win all day long. This guy is legit as fuck. He's one of the most real fighters. He's fucking had this crazy life. He's a youngster too, bro. 22 years old. He's only old. 22, and he's got a win over Malcolm Gordon, Charles yeah. Johnson, Cody Durden already. Yes. Okay, so you're on my side. <laughs> yeah, this, for sure. This Jafel guy means nothing. All those fights mean nothing. Mohamed Mokayev is coming to take over this fucking division. The flyweights are in trouble, bro. They're giving him fucking light, light work, bro. Light work. And he's run, he's running over guys that are also on this card. They got to see him in the locker room. This guy also has talked about Patty Pimblett and how much of a fucking joke it is. They give him more fucking press than these other guys. It's like, wouldn't if, if it's so important that we got to love this goofy-looking, cleft-lip fucking 18-year-old because he's 18 and fighting, then you should also give the 22-year-old some press who's fucking coming over. From, it, the dude's lived in multiple places, but I believe he was born in Dagestan. But he, he's somewhere else now, but he's a monster, absolute monster. Yeah. And he's a flyweight. Yep. And that's what we need, Sam. We talk about this all the time. There's 12 fighters that fight flyweight that are worth a damn. This guy needs to be recognized. And when he comes in and levels this guy, we need to bring it up again on next week's episode. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Because, yeah, man, he's got some fucking, you know, 22 years old. He's so he, many he, isn't, he isn't fighting like lightweights. He's, you know, when I say lightweight, he's not fighting cupcakes. He's fighting really good fucking people. Dude, and he's, he, his amateur record is like 34-0 or some stupid shit. 32-0. Yeah, he's got a shitload of amateur wins. No amateur losses. I've never put my money on, on a hype train, but yeah. I would put my money on this hype and, train. And he's got his crowd there, too. He's 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 uh, over-moved That's over right. to That's right. Manchester, he, England. Because yes. so. I watched a documentary about the kid, because it's somebody pro, you know promoting him as the next Khabib. So, so I'm like, I got to see, what, see what's so, up with this guy. Yeah, I like him. The next fight, Very. T- how did it get so high on the card? This should be like the second fight to start the fucking show. Sam Patterson. Yeah. Versus Yanel uh, Ajmov. Uh, Sam Patterson, four knockout wins, five submissions, 10 1 and 1. Uh, it, his only loss it was back in 2017. He's six foot four. He's only 26. And this guy, this, he's fighting. I think his nickname is Red Fox. He's got this red beard. He's only one of two Israeli fighters on, on in the UFC, him and Nathan Levy. Uh, three knockout wins, two submission wins, six and zero. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's just fought fucking people over there, man. This Sam Patterson, this guy is coming off a very impressive contender series win. Okay. Also, the dude has a ten inch reach advantage over the, you know, so I think that's going to be a problem. Hell yeah, for sure. You are right. Though. Why is this so hard? This is the prelims, and it still seems high. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why this. This would be like it, maybe the first fight. Sure. You know, I don't know why um, Juliana Miller's. I mean, build her up a little bit. Shit, she's your ultimate fighter. Yeah, you got the, the ultimate fighting champion. She's starting the whole card off. But anyway, uh, Chris Duncan, uh, lightweight belt versus Omar Morales. Both of these Who guys. Are, hold on. Th- hold on. Go ahead, Who go ahead. are either one of them? <laughs> I'm serious. I don't. I fucking wrote down both these guys suck. I guess I. This is what I wrote down. I don't even remember writing this shit. I was doing this Monday night. I guess UFC is wanting the the torch passed. Uh, Duncan lost was on the contender series, so they brought him back. Yeah, yeah. Chris Duncan, he was on the contender series. That was his one loss. He's nine and one, and he's only he's twenty nine. Where Morales is thirty seven. Morales has three losses in his last four fights. So Duncan, you can't get a win on the contender series. Bring him back anyway and have him fight someone that's aging. 
<laughs> that's aging. It's a, that's lost three of his last four. I don't. Neither don't, one of these guys is going anywhere. This is insane. That's insane to go. When I talk about this Muhammad Mokayev, he's going to be the highlight of the prelims unless Jack Shore sleeps Makwan. Okay. Yeah. Outside of that, everybody else is irrelevant. Sam Patterson, Yanel Ashmov. Yeah, the, what the fuck are we? Come on, man. Yeah. This is a, this we're paying is... $80 for this. Yeah, guy. yeah. I was thinking the same fucking thing oh, fuck when I was going over these fights. Uh, Yeah, Jack Shore, this is our next fight. You know, and he's uh, 16 and one. He just had that. He's coming off that loss to Ricky uh, Simone, and he is. Uh, this is rebound fight, man. I think he's gonna have an easy win over this guy, uh, Macwan, uh, Armakian, Ar Armakani. I got you. Armakani. It's, it's Macwan Amirakani. Amirakani. Okay, this is Mr. Finland. Absolutely. This guy, he's lost four of his last five. But that awesome. <laughs> you have to stay away from his fucking submissions. You stay away yeah. from his submissions, you're good to go. He's like the Ryan Hall of Finland. And that's what I think is going to be Jack's problem, <laughs> is he's going to probably try to take this fool down. <laughs> and this is this is my issue with guys like Jack Shore. You have such a great record. You have such a good following. People would push you. You have to finish. Period. Your next three fights have to be finishes for anybody to give a shit. And specifically, finish the finish guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good joke, Sam. Give me something. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> it's called the Mr. The, Finland. That was it. over my head, man. I, I, yeah, you fucking got me. Well, your hope, brother will hope, get it. <laughs> he always said he was a smart one. Car laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll appreciate that. Um, no, but Sixteen and one though. Taking that one loss really can fuck with the fighter, or it can make you dangerous. And I wonder what he thinks about fighting a guy like Maquan, who does sort of have a, a, a historical past with the UFC and MMA in itself. He's been around for a long time. People know this guy. He's fought some names. Is he going to come in and, and that be something that affects him? Or is he going to come in with the vengeance because of that last loss? Yeah, we'll see. But I'm, I'm thinking he's coming in with the vengeance. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> he looks like that type of guy. He makes no uh, different faces. He has zero emotions. Go ahead. All right, next fight, middleweight bout, uh, Marvin. Uh, Vettatori versus Roman Dolazov. All right, Vettatori. I tell you, this guy's only 29. I thought the guy was like in his upper 30s. It seems like he's been around fucking forever. Or maybe just That's fights like, like Tony he has. Ferguson. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this guy, he only loses to like the top-notch competition. I mean, it, seem, it just seems like he's been around forever. Two knockout wins, nine submission wins. He's never been finished. All his losses were decisions. Uh, Dolazov. The only loss wait, he has is wait. to Trevin Giles. Isn't it Dolidze or something like that? Dolidze. Dolidze. That sounds better than what I've been saying. <laughs> Dolidze. Something like Dolidze. He's won his last three fights via knockout. So They've been fast. They've been fast. They've been not only quick fights. They've been fights back to back to back. Like the guys, he's not taking time off. What, how long since his last fight? What, two fucking, uh, what, the last pay-per-view? I, I don't can know. Find, I can find out, though. Over what like I want to continue to fucking play or something it, though. Maybe Roman oh, is biting off a little more than he can chew a little earlier. Now yeah. the guy's tough and tough as nails. I'm taking nothing away from him. What I'm doing is giving Vittori more props. Hmm. The kid has been in there with the best of the division, and he's somehow survived. He's put in the work. Okay, so Roman has one chance, and if he misses with that chance, it's a long fight. Hmm. Period. It goes to a decision. Roman has one chance to finish this. Or it goes to a decision, and it's they both just get beat up. Well, well, Roman had fought in December, but he had fought right in October. I mean, October 29th, and then December the 3rd. 
That's fucking crazy. Right. And they were quick fights, too. So he took no damage, went right back to training, signed for the Vittori fight, moving up in the division. That's all well and good. But the guys he's finished, you know, eh, I'm not super impressed. Vittori's top of the line. He's fighting the best of the best. And Vittori is a guy that we haven't seen get finished like that. Yeah, never he's never been, been stopped like that. And Roman has one chance to do it. If he misses, it's a long fight. Vittori does have a chance to win this fight in dramatic fashion, but I feel like he's he's more on the veteran end of this where he's going to fight like a veteran. He's going to fight to, like, Andre Arlowski. You know what I mean? I got good you. This is a good matchup. I like this matchup. Yeah. All right, so this next fight, actually, it's the female fight. We go back to page one. That was, <laughs> it, was, it was the third fight on fucking Monday. All of a sudden, it's uh, way at the top. Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill. Oh, boy. So, Maya, she's lost two of her last three. Why is this fight up up so high? Uh, Casey O'Neill, uh, she's 9-0. and She's got four UFC wins. She's coming off the split decision win over Roxanne Modafferi in her last fight. Finishes in the previous four fights. Uh, yeah, I think she'll take this fight. I mean, this, yeah, is, this is a I pay-per-view don't... fucking fight right here. It's... I don't know who Casey O'Neill is. As she be anyone i feel like she's fucking the news reporter from the ninja turtles what was her name <laughs> Casey? she's a she's the lady from australia no not anderson um let's see so she's beaten uh roxanne like i said that was a split decision win it was just uh that was february last year and then uh and antonina shevchenko before then she actually knocked her out maybe it's just the name doesn't stand yeah. out to me at all if I see her, I might recognize her a little more. But Jennifer Maya has been around, and perhaps that's why they put her you so high her on the card. And you'll be like, oh, it's the other Australian lady that's not Megan Anderson. <laughs> there you go. So. And she's got a half-decent record, man. She's undefeated. That's interesting. But Jennifer Maya is very versatile. She is going to look for the takedown. She is going to look to sort of uh, grapple you for most of the fight. If Casey can pull off a finish, I mean, now I'll remember you. Um, but speaking of finishes, we're not going to see one in this next fight. <laughs> Hunter right. Nelson is fighting the replacement Brian Barberina, right? Because he was supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez. Different fighters. Uh, Brian Barberina is going to try to take your fucking head off. And Gunnar Nelson fights with a karate stance, but he does not have any striking. So, <laughs> does Brian punch himself out of uh, into, into sleep? You know what I mean? Does he get so tired from punching <laughs> that he's got to take a nap because he keeps missing? Or does Gunnar take him to the ground and make this a quick finish? Well, you know, <laughs> dude, this is almost exactly what the fuck I, I wrote down. I said, it, it, oh my gosh. I said, style matchup, but Nelson can get uh, Brian to the ground, easy night, if not semi-easy night. So yeah. Yeah. You're going to so, be so annoyed, dude. So, be- yeah, Bar- Brian Barbarina, he's going to swing, swing for the fences, but the dude gets tired after like half a round. He'll still be in there swinging, but he's laying on you also. Yeah, and and the last thing you want to do is clinch with a guy who's known for being good in the clinch. (laughs) You know what I mean? But Gunner is fucking, ah, by far the most boring dude to watch, isn't he? He's lost three of his last five. He's just not fun to watch, man. I've just never been sold on Barbarina. Barbarina, fine. They they talk him up like when he beat, uh, I think it was like, uh, what was that older guy? Fuck, I'll look it up right here. Bobby Lawler? uh, 
fucking Matt, uh, Matt Brown, Matt Brown, that split decision. And like, they <laughs> acted like that was such the greatest thing ever. Then well, Robbie Lola, Robbie guys. Lola's old, man. Fuck. He's fighting all the guys that just take punishment. They beat the shit out of each other. That's a way to hype him up. He's not a guy that comes in there and he's like, oh, I'm going to be technical and shit. He's a brawler. And he's fighting a guy who, who is so goddamn slow. It's hard to watch. Like Gunnar Nelson just <laughs> seems like he only reads. You know what I mean? Like, that's his hobby. He just reads. He barely speaks to anybody. <laughs> Fucking guy's dull. Yeah. Uh, and I feel this. I just don't think Barbarina's going anywhere either. So. No, absolutely not. Why it's is he fighting? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. They got a similar record, as odd as that is. All right. So, next fight uh, Justin I like, Gaethje. I like. Raphael Faziz. So, I. Dude, what do you got to speak on is Faziz uh, and Gaethje is Gaethje's much more experienced than yeah. Faziz. Faziz, 12-1. and one. He's got one submission win, eight knockout wins. His loss was a uh, a knockout loss. His only loss was in his UFC debut. He's won six straight since. Gaethje, he's lost two of his last three, but they were against way, way I mean, top tier. Uh, guys got much more experience. Uh, I think I think Gaethje's got this, man. I, what do you think? Well, depending on how you're looking at Gaethje's losses, you could they could lean one way or the other for the most part. The dude wasn't finished. You know what I mean? He he beat the fuck out of the other guy, like the Michael Chandler thing. You know what I mean? These this guy will go down in fight history. This is what Barbarina thinks he is, okay? But Justin Gaethje is so technical. He knows how to hit that fucking button, and. I don't think there's anybody that can take him out. Physically, actually take him out. Put him to sleep. You know what I mean? Unless Khabib People, comes back. Dude, That's about it. Khabib will just wrestle him and choke him out. I'm saying a dude yeah. to put a, a fist to that oh, man. Oh, you mean punch him out. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. I yeah. think this dude's got the hardest chin since Chris Lieben. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Chris Lieben again. But yeah. Justin Gaethje came from a fucking organization that we have zero respect for known as PFL. Okay. The guy came from an organization where we would mock like Bellator. But at the same time, you're like, he came in and showed why he is he's po- why he should be popular. Regardless of Gaethje ever being a champion, he will be regarded as one of the most popular fighters, most fun to watch fighters of all time. And that, that doesn't even include the highlight finishes. Just the way this dude can take a fucking beating. You're like, I had a friend like that. A guy that would fight a guy twice his size for no reason just to take a beating. He wasn't going to win. He knew it. <laughs> you know, he's a fun guy. And when this dude's doing it professionally, you're like, well, fuck, I mean, I get it. I get it. But it would be cool to see a guy like this as a champion. A guy who can go in there and put this man to sleep quickly. Walk away with no injuries. But that's not his style. He talks about being a world-class wrestler and all this shit. I'm the best in the division with my wrestling. But who needs it? <laughs> you know? But, but put guys away, though, at the same time. Put them away. You can do it, Justin. You've done it before. But I also don't think Fazeev has anything that can, even in the later rounds, put Justin away. Hmm. Perhaps that's just me, though. I think Justin might feel the same way. I mean, he's got nine, not, uh, eight knockout wins, and but they've been to no one to that caliber. Yeah, and it's a lot of kicks. He's throwing from distance. Yeah, You know what I mean? Justin's going to be in your face. He's going to be all over him. Yeah, good luck with the kicks, dude. All right, dude. The main event right here, Leon Edwards, uh, Usman versus Edwards. Walter Waite championship that Edwards just fucking took from Usman. And and this, 
I'm going to go off the script a little bit. Fucking these damn trilogies, man. I think I'm, I'm tired of, I'm, I, I mean, I know it's necessary. Someone beat you for the belt. You got to fight them immediately. Yada, yada, yada. But damn, it seems like we're getting stuck almost and having these fighters where they're just fucking fighting each other nonstop. I'm not even talking about these two guys. I'm just talking about in general. It's like every pay-per-view is like something you've fucking seen two times before. And they used to not do that. You know, back when the UFC didn't have a ranking system, they used to not do <laughs> They used to not do that, Sam. It, you, because when the ranking system came about, they also used to not do that. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. They would give that guy or that guy would choose to take another fight before getting out, fighting the champion again. He would almost give the champion twice the amount of time to train to fight him again because he took another fight. Now they think, well, that ended strangely. Run it back. Run it back. Sam, Sam we have to, right? We have to. Yeah. It's almost like if someone's fighting for the belt, then we're going to see it again. Well, here, here's what I think you're talking about, more or less, is the Ortega uh, Figueroa shit, because that was for no reason. Usman versus Edwards makes sense. Yeah, okay? it does. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. McGregor versus Khabib would make sense, okay? Because it ended strangely, okay? Usman was beating him up. He was. The whole fight. <laughs> oh. Yep. And, and just like fighting, in case you guys aren't aware... It ended with the other guy winning after losing the whole time. That's what fighting is. That's what makes it special. If you don't get that, go to football, okay? Because that's what it – dude, the underdog who's losing the whole <laughs> – losing every round won it with one move, okay? That's like the first time you play fucking a fighting game with your sister and she uses the same move over and over and over again. And when you finally start to realize what move she's doing, she hits a different move and she wins. You get what I mean? Yeah, like I, and I love the music in the background too. <laughs> Bro, you easily have to say, let's do this again. Be, like, I, Usman would be like, I'll take less money, bro. I'll take less money because I was kicking his – there's no yeah. way he's not confident as shit going into the fight. Right? But but Tyrone Woodley versus Steven Thompson. You know what I mean? There's some of these where you're like, give him a different guy. Yeah. Okay. But, and I and I get your sentiment. It's one hundred percent fact that we gotta stop seeing this where it doesn't make sense. But Usman versus Edwards makes sense because you're like, he shouldn't have been the champ. This does uh uh Alex Fajara versus Israel Adesanya makes sense. Even when when Izzy fought Robert Whitaker, it made sense. So I'm I'm curious, man. What do you think's gonna happen? I think the same thing's gonna happen, except for the ending's gonna be different. That's what I think. I think Isman uh, Usman is gonna dominate the fight again. This is my opinion. Uh, he outstruck Edwards eighty-three to fifty-five significant strikes in that last fight, and I think he's gonna have to turn on the gas. We've seen—I don't know if he was too comfortable with the belt, but we've seen him like slow down where he's just taking an easy decision. Riding a fucking fight out. Dude, he's got the ability to, to put Edwards away, I feel. Or at least, he, he I think he can, can can take him down, use his wrestling, whatever. I know Edwards has some good good wrestling, too, to fucking drag it out for five rounds. But, yeah, I, I, see the, I think the same thing's going to happen with a different ending. And then we'll have to go Edwards versus Usman 4. Or are we going to get something 
Oh, uh, fucking eye poke. The belt's unchanged hands. We're going to have to run it back. Give us that fucking 90 bucks. You know what? Here's here's what I think Usman does. I think he goes in, immediately takes this dude to the ground, and he looks for a submission. Immediately. You go in there, get your belt back, go home. What do you got to prove? That was your belt, sir. Mm. Go in there and finish him. You don't got to play with your food. You did that already, and you fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't play with your food this time. Go eat. Go home. Right? Because that's what we want to see. Because this dude, nobody in the division, nobody outside of UFC area, Hawaiian, there was nobody that was like, Leon Edwards should be champion. <laughs> he should get a shot. Nobody was saying that. After nine wins in a row, <laughs> they were yeah. like, fuck it. And they fucked up. And the UFC lost, uh, you know, one of their most flashy, I guess, champions, at least as far as the way he dresses, you know. So I, I do think Usman goes in, taps him out rear naked choke or some weird shit, just takes him down, doesn't give him a chance to do anything and, and finish it, period. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think that Usman will have this pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, Edward, Edwards, he does have decent uh, wrestling defense or takedown defense, but I don't think he can starve off Usman very much. I mean, we saw it in the first fight. Right. And if he knows any better, you just avoid him allowing uh, Edwards to strike at all. Why strike with him when I don't have to? Yeah, that's true. No? <laughs> he was out wrestling. He did everything better than him. And then he was just starting to show off. That's for the rest of yeah. the division. It's like these champions they just get too comfortable. Yep. Like Shevchenko. Do I it's think like, she's not as good we, as Grasso? No, I don't fucking think that at all. Or Nunez. We just saw with Nunez. There was no no fucking competition with Pena there whatsoever. And she fucking ends up, I wouldn't call it a fluke. Was this thing maybe uh, the champion? They didn't have the belt for so fucking long. Maybe they take they don't train as well as they they normally do, or you know, they get complacent with the title. And then they just get they they get too confident. Like we talked the shit about John Jones and how he just he went to decision all those wins and kept mm-hmm. the belt, but he dominated those fights, and that's what Usman was attempting at least as far as I'm concerned. And then he fucked up, and the guy still had something in the tank and finished him. <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta love it. That's the sport we that we all adore. That's and right. check the show notes for the social medias and shit. Yeah. And that's good, man. All right. All right. Everyone have a good day. Round one, fight!